Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hello everyone. Uh, Today I wanted to uh, pick up on... uh, where I was talking about the root of sickness and disease being spiritual. And uh, what I have discovered first in myself and now through ministry uh, in ministering to, you know, hundreds of other people, I see the same air that I was making. Uh, I was thinking if I could just get rid of the symptoms, then I would be healed. So my focus was not on what would remove the cause of sickness and disease, which we talked about in the previous uh, class or the previous two live streams, which I encourage you to go there and uh, watch those. It'll kind of put all of this together in in a, it'll frame it in a better context than just this will stand alone. So I just want to emphasize a point that I made from last time Uh, drawing the distinction between the spiritual and the natural. Um, If you you are trying to get delivered of your symptoms, then you're going to be constantly looking to your symptoms to evaluate whether whether you've been successful or not. Uh, Many people are viewing the absence of symptoms in their life as being an indication that they have received healing. And actually, it's, it's, it's the opposite of that, okay? You know, we talked about last time uh, a scripture. I'll read it uh, today. It's in uh, Romans uh, chapter 8. It's been many of the other speakers uh, that have spoken on this live stream, which is, you know, Sunday through Saturday. I encourage you to catch them all. They're at different times for your convenience uh, during those days. And I just... Uh, each one of them have touched on this scripture, and I think it's, it's awesome. I talked about it a little bit last week, but in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 6, it says, To be carnally minded is death. Okay, so let's back up for a second. Carnally minded, if you're like me, I had no idea what carnal meant. You know, I thought of carne asada. You know, well, it has something to do with meat. Well, it has to do with the flesh. So you could actually word this where it says, um, for to be carnally minded is death. You could word that to be fleshly minded or to be naturally minded is death. And death there, as we talked about, is just separation from what God has prepared for you in Christ. Remember, your healing that belongs to you was provided for you by Jesus Christ, and it was worked spiritually for you, and it will be released spiritually into your body. That's the root of your healing as well as the root of sickness is spiritual as well. So I want to emphasize this point because as I was saying, so many people I speak with are evaluating by the wrong method of evaluation, and it leads to discouragement. It leads to missing the mark where you're not hitting your target. So let me read on in the scripture. It says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when we are 
when we have our mind focused on what the Spirit is saying, it's in that moment, in that uh, place where we're experiencing life, okay? Uh, and if you're looking in any other direction for life, you're not going to see it, okay? So what I wanted to talk about briefly today, it's a, it's a large uh, subject, but what I wanted to talk about today is how do you change the direction of your focus, okay? You know, uh, think about this illustration, but if, let's say I have my hands out like this, okay? So if I am looking to the right, I cannot see what's going on with my left hand here, okay? And if I look to the left or my left, I can't see what's going on over here. So the, the job of the enemy is to keep us looking in the wrong direction. Why? Why does he want us to look in the wrong direction? You know, in Proverbs chapter 4, this Bible verse was, became so precious to me. Not only was it the guarantee that, uh, that I would be healed by believing the truth of God's word, but it also directed me on how to do that. Let me read it for you. It's in Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verse 20 through 22. And uh, you won't listen to me long without hearing me use this Bible verse. But it says, and, and I'm going to read it the way it came alive to my mind. It says, my son, or how I heard it was Mike, give attention to my words. Stretch out your ear to hear what I am saying to you. Let, not, let, let them not depart from thine eyes, but keep them in the midst of thine heart. Now, let's go back to the illustration that I just gave you, okay? Now, it's saying this. It's saying that if I'm looking over here, and this is where God's word is, okay? He's saying, don't let your eyes depart from what I'm saying to you. Now, the enemy is over here telling me something about my body. He's talking to me about what's going on over here. Notice what happens when I turn to listen to what he's saying. I have taken my eyes off of what God says about me. And you know what the Bible calls that? The Bible calls that being double-minded. In other words, when we have two minds on one subject, we're not able to focus on what God is saying. And notice in this verse what it says. It says, he says, uh, give attention to my words. Don't listen to what anyone else is saying. And then he goes on to say, stretch out your hear, ear to hear what my sayings are. Do you, do you know what we do? And I learned this uh, actually before I got sick. I learned not to talk about challenges that I was experiencing. And the reason I learned that is because when I would tell people about a challenge I was having, you know what they always do? They think what you're saying is, what should I do about this challenge? And what do they do? 
they offer you what they would do. And most of them preface it with, well, the Lord told me this. And what happens right away is now you're torn with maybe some other idea or some other information that you hadn't considered before. And what, that, what is that going to do? That's going to divide your mind. Not only now have you have other input other than what the words of God are saying to you, okay? Now you have another voice speaking into your life, and that voice is going to be now checking up on you to see how you're doing with your challenge, okay? So I learned early on, and this verse was one of the confirmations for that, where it says, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, stretch out your ear to hear what I'm saying. Everyone you meet is going to have a, well, most are going to have a different opinion about how you should get to your, uh, your solution, okay? Everyone I talk to, uh, you know, that uh, probably their biggest challenge that I hear often is, well, what do I tell my mom? What do I tell my dad? My parents want me to do this. My husband wants me to do that. And uh, what about my kids? They think I'm crazy for thinking this way. See, those are, th that would have never, you would have never had that challenge in your life had you just kept your focus on the Word of God and made a decision that the only voice that matters to me is what God's voice is saying to me. Now, His Word is His voice, okay? We don't need to hear an audible voice, and many people can go crazy. I remember being challenged. I had all these Christian brothers and sisters around me always prefacing their statements with, oh, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me that. And to be honest with you, it was very challenging for me because I felt like I was not hearing the Lord like they were. But when I discovered, like what this verse says, give attention to my words. This is his voice speaking to us, the voice of God. So I don't want to get off on that point. I want to continue with this point. It says, my son, give attention to what I'm saying to you, my words, that exclude to the exclusion of all other words. And then he says, stretch out your ear to hear what I'm saying to you. Do you know, like, if you've ever been in a very loud concert, um, and you're with a friend and they start talking to you, you know how you just like step away like this? No, you don't do that. You lean way in. You lean way in. What'd you say? And you are stretching way in because you want to hear what they have to say. That's what this verse is saying. This verse is saying, look, when it comes to God's word, you want to lean in so you don't miss a single word. And notice what he says to the words that you're hearing and that you're attending to. He says, don't take your focus off of them. Okay? In other words, don't, don't let your eyes depart from that in any way whatsoever. He goes on to say, keep those words in the midst of your heart. Okay? How do you get those words down in your heart? Well, you meditate in them day and night, 
to observe to do all that is written therein. That's what he told Joshua. And you know what he told Joshua in chapter one of Joshua? He said, if you will meditate in that word day and night and you observe to do what it's sharing with you. In other words, if you'll cooperate with the word that you're hearing, God says this. He says that you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. You know, the name of this uh, Facebook page is called Healing Journeys. See, we are on a journey. Everyone's on a journey. And that's what the Lord was telling uh, Joshua was, he says, you're on a journey and it's going to be a prosperous journey, guaranteed success, if you will attend to my words, if you'll meditate in them. See, by meditating in them and focusing only on them, you're, this is what's going to happen. It says, when you're doing that, verse 22 of Proverbs 4 says, for they, the words that you're meditating on, the words that you're hearing, the words that you're treasuring in your heart, it says, for they are life to those that find them and they are health to all your flesh. Wow, what a great guarantee from our Father. He doesn't just say, and you'll get better or you'll get well, or, uh, you know, uh, I'll send you some information uh, to your email address, and when you get that, you start doing what it says. No. He says, when you have that word in your heart, and you are resting in that word, when you're trusting in that word, it's going to be health to all your flesh. That's the same exact words just phrased differently that he told Joshua in Joshua 1.8. He said, attend unto my words. Uh, I mean, uh, he said to meditate in my words day and night, to observe, to do all that you're seeing. And he says, that's going to produce prosperity and success in your life. And then he goes on to say, he says, haven't I told you that? He says, you don't need to be afraid. You can have good courage. See, that's what's standing behind these words is our Heavenly Father. That's awesome when you think about that. You cannot fail because God cannot fail. So the question I asked uh, at, at the beginning was, how do you get your focus straightened out? How do you move from the natural over here to the spiritual over here? How do you keep that straight? Well, this is one step. You make a decision to focus in only on what the Word of God is saying to you, okay? Now, you know that's what God's Word is designed to do because Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, Jesus, before he made that statement, he said, the flesh profits nothing. In other words, he said the same thing that Paul shared with us in Romans 8, chapter, I mean, uh, verse 6, was to be naturally minded is death. Jesus put it this way. He said, to, he said, focusing in the natural realm is of no profit. But he said, and the reason he said it's of no profit, he said, because it's the spirit 
that gives life. John 6, 63. He said, the flesh profiteth nothing. It's the spirit that quickens. The words that I'm speaking unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And I'm, he's speaking through me today those very same words to you. And you can rest in that. You can be confident in that because those are the words of God. And Jesus said, which we talked about, uh, Jesus said in John 17, 17, that thy word is truth. And it's the truth that sets you free. Do you see how all of these dots, when they're connected together, they point to the word of God being uh, your answer for healing and deliverance that that word is what God is sending to heal you. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He's still doing that today. I'm a, a mouthpiece of our father today in communicating those words and he's sending them to you today. They are your guarantee when it says, by his stripes you were healed, this word is your guarantee that that includes you, but not against your will. And your will is going to determine what you're going to be focusing on, this, the natural, or the spiritual. So if you are naturally minded, you're going to be constantly peeking while you're praying, is what I call it where you got one eye open and one eye closed and you're commanding and rebuking, but you're waiting to see a change and then you'll open the other eye. Like, oh, I knew it all along. That's not, that's not exercising the faith, the capacity that God has given you for faith. That's choosing to be double-minded. That's going back and forth very quickly. Okay, God says that we need to command and when we command and rebuke, the, uh, the fig tree will die, and so my cancer will dry. And so what we're doing this, we're commanding, we're telling it, cancer, die, cancer, is it dead yet? Cancer, die, is it dead yet? No, cancer, die, and we go back and forth and back and forth until we're dizzy. We can't even stand up because we're going back and forth so quick. And God does not want you to do that. God did not make healing difficult. He made it easy. What makes it difficult is us demanding to see it a certain way. I, I was in the same place, so don't feel like you're the only one. I talk to people every single day who are having health challenges. And I would say out of over 80% of the ones I speak with are frustrated because they're trying to command they're trying to confess. They're trying to do all these things to get well. And I ask them, is it working yet? Well, I'm still sick. What does that tell you? They're evaluating whether those words are working not by what they're seeing with their natural eyes. How, why do you trust your natural eyes? They've deceived you many times before. But yet we still turn to them as if they're the, they're the truth, they're the way, they're the life. They are not. They're death. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. The way that seems right to a man is the natural way. 
because that's how we think. That's, that's, it's like we're wired that way. But that can all be turned around. That can be completely changed. I want to read an example today um, that I love this example. It has ministered so much to me uh, uh, from the Word of how an ordinary person who did not even have the indwelling Spirit, how the words of Jesus turned their focus away from what they were demanding uh, to be, uh, what they were demanding or thinking was necessary and completely turned it around to where they were seeing that what Jesus was sharing was all they needed to the point where they were able to let go of that need to have their five senses satisfied. Okay, now think about what I just said. Most people that you meet, and this is probably words that even can't come out of your mouth, that you'll say with very strong conviction and very bold, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I believe that. I know that it's done. But if you're questioned a little bit further, then they'll say, well, it is, but I'm just waiting on the manifestation. Why would you wait for something if you already had it? See, there's a, there is a contradiction there. The contradiction is they're agreeing mentally, assenting to, yes, the scripture says that by his stripes I was healed. I agree with that. That's a true statement. But then to determine whether it's true to them or not, how do they evaluate it? They look to their flesh. And if they don't see a change, if they don't feel a change, if they don't hear a change, then, it's, then they're still waiting on the manifestation. Jesus never ministered to someone and said, just hang in there till the manifestation comes. Yeah, just, it's okay, it's on its way. You know, uh, there's a virus going around and it slowed down the shipping on, uh, on healing. And, uh, but no, he never said that. Never. Why? Because it's not true. The moment you believe is the moment you receive. This is an awesome example. Um, I'm going to go to John uh, chapter 4. And, and I'm going to read it because I want to bring out some other points that I'm not going to go into detail on. But I'm going to raise them as questions that, that you can look into uh, for yourself. And I think that, well, I don't just think it, I know that if you will see this whole picture that our Father's Word is giving you, and if you'll attend unto those words that He's sharing with you, and you'll keep your focus on them instead of what's going on in your circumstance, and you'll, and, uh, and you'll just make your heart settle in that that's all you need, then you know what? You're going to find the life in those words. It's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. You're going to find the life in those words and you're going to see that it's health to all of your flesh. Okay? So let's back up just for a second. And I want to just give, uh, actually I'm not going to give it, but uh, the Word gives a beautiful illustration of how Jesus helped someone move their focus from being totally natural and carnal 
to the things of the spirit to the point of the exclusion of the flesh. In other words, like, let's go back to the illustration, okay? Okay, remember the illustration. So um, the illustration, I cannot be focused on these at the same time. I can turn back and forth real quickly, but I cannot focus on one thing and be looking over here. In other words, I could never see all the, let me do this, okay? I got a piece of paper here. I could not read this and keep a conscious train of thought if I'm doing this, even if I was reading one word at a time. That's what the enemy wants you to do. So he keeps bringing up your body. It might be a pain. It might be, uh, you know, a, a smell, a, an, an ache, an irritation, a, a lack of mobility. It could be many, many things like that. You could be distracted listening to teaching and miss uh, what's going on, okay? Why? Because you're allowing those things in your life. But I'm going to show you how simple it is. Remember, I read in John 6:63. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Those were the same words that he received from his father in Proverbs chapter 4. Jesus just paraphrased it. He said, look, he said, I've learned that if I just focus on the words of my father, which are spirit, then I'll be experiencing the life that's in them. So I'm not going to speak anything to you but words that are spirit and words that are life. Why, he said? Because the flesh doesn't profit anything. It's the spirit that gives life. So he's saying, I'm going to speak to you and communicate to you words that are life. And if you'll receive them, then that life will come into you and it will flow back out of you wherever you're being oppressed by the enemy as deliverance, okay? That's the order in which it occurs. So in John chapter 4, it's, it makes this point here. I'm going to just read it very, uh, not too quickly, but I'm going to cover a little bit, and then I'm going to pick up my head and talk about it, okay? I can't look in two different directions at the same time, okay? So it says here, it says... Um, uh, I'm in verse 3. It says that Jesus left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And then it goes on to say when he got there in verse 6, it says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So Jesus had journeyed from Jerusalem, which we'll see, you, if you'll study this, you'll see. He studied from the area of Judea into Samaria, and he had been traveling long enough to become wearied. Think about that. Jesus was wearied. See, he had the Spirit of God inside of him, too. The, that spirit reconciling the world unto himself, that anointing that he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, yet he was still weary from his journey. 
That's an important point. I'm not going to go into that now, but it's a very important point. And he says while he's sitting there on this well, this woman comes to him. And this woman says, he says to the woman, he says, Jesus says, give me to drink. Because his disciples had, you know, gone off to get some food. And Jesus is there alone and and the woman is there. And he says, uh, he says to her, he says, give me something to drink. And then the woman of Samaria said unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which which am a woman of Samaria? And it tells us that, uh, that the Samaritans had no dealings with the Jews. So it goes on to say, And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself, and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Well, let me stop there for a moment. Notice where her mind goes, totally to the natural realm. Wait a minute, the well's deep, you don't have any rope, you don't have any bucket, no pitcher. How are you going to draw from the well? Are you greater than the one who dug the well? How are you going to get water out of there? Do you see how natural-minded she is? In the same way, I was the same way when I was looking at that tumor saying, well, I still got the tumor, it's not, I'm not healed yet. If the tumor's still there, I'm not healed yet, okay? Now, this woman is totally carnally minded uh, at this point in the conversation. And Jesus said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Wow. And this is what the woman said. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come to draw. Wow. See, her mind went right back to the natural realm. When he's telling her about spiritual things, she's thinking in her mind, Wow, that would be great. No more going down this hill to the well to drop that, wa- that thing down and lug that heavy thing back every day, two, three times a day, I got to come here. She's just thinking naturally minded. Now, what does Jesus do? Jesus realizes that her mind is focused on just the natural things. And he makes this statement. He says, go call your husband. And she says, The woman said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus answered and said, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In this that thou saidest, true, uh, in that saidest thou truly. And the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Look what happens there. 
Jesus shares one spiritual truth with her. And now she's, now she's all religious on him. She says, well, you say we should, walk, we should worship in Jerusalem. Where did Jesus say that? He didn't say that. She says, we worship in this mountain. But you say this. Jesus never said that. See how Jesus, through speaking truth to this woman, has moved her heart away from her focus on the natural realm. Isn't that beautiful? Think about this. Then Jesus, he doesn't just leave her there. He draws her in with more spiritual words. Notice what he says. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me. Don't you love that? Jesus says, believe me. You know, he's saying that to you right now. He's saying, believe me. Don't believe all those other voices you've heard. Believe me. Believe me when I say that by the stripes of my stripes that you are healed. Believe me, he's saying. He says to the woman, Believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. See, Jesus is taking her back to the Scriptures. Jesus got that information from the Word because it said that out of Bethlehem of Judea would come the Messiah. He would be born in Bethlehem and that the king would ride into Jerusalem. The Messiah would be revealed into Jerusalem. And then he says this, But the hour cometh now and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Do you see what Jesus is doing? He's moving his, her mind away from the natural to focus on what God is saying in the spiritual realm and about what that truth in the spiritual realm, the power that it has that's greater than the natural realm. And notice this. This woman says, um, The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Do you see how by her listening to Jesus, her mind has moved away from the natural and now it's hearing the Spirit of our Father speak to her about the Messiah and her need for the Messiah. Isn't that awesome? The same thing will happen to you and I. As we are being challenged with any challenge in the natural, if we will turn our attention away to what Jesus is saying to us, we'll begin to hear what the Spirit is ministering to our heart. And notice what happened as a result of that. Jesus said in verse 20, ah, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Wow. He was saying, I'm the Messiah, the one the Father is pointing you to. And notice what happened. The disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking to her because she was a Samaritan. And then listen to this. The woman left her water pot and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to meet him. Notice 
at the beginning of this conversation, the only thing she was concerned about was her water pot and drawing water out of a very deep well. Okay? And now she's completely forgotten about the natural. She's completely forgotten about why she even went to the well. Why? Because she found the truth. She turned her heart away from the natural and she heard the Spirit and the Spirit pointed to her Christ and she believed on that. And now she didn't realize, but she had drinking or drunk of that living water that Jesus said, hey, if you'll ask me, I'll give you that living water and you won't thirst anymore. So what did she do? She received that living water that Jesus spoke to her in words. And what did it do? It quenched. It satisfied her thirst to the point where she left her pot behind. Wow, that's awesome. Think about that. In, we don't draw water like other people draw water and, and have to live by going to a well. This woman lived by going to that well. And can you imagine her, her buddies, her friends that she went to see, which were mostly men, it looks like, uh, back in town. Can you imagine when they saw her coming and she didn't have the pot? They're like, what is wrong with that crazy woman? She forgot the pot. She went to the well and she left the pot up there. But what an impact it had on them when she told them why she left it behind. She didn't talk about the pot. She said, hey, I just met the Messiah. Man, they didn't care about the pot anymore either. They just wanted to meet this Messiah. If it made that much of a change in her, they wanted to meet this guy. I'm out of time right now, but I do encourage you to read the rest of this account. It'll bless your heart. And uh, what I shared here today is very important. It takes the burden off of you trying to figure out what I need to be healed and places the burden back on who has already borne it for you. And your our cooperation with receiving healing is just simply getting into the Word like this woman did in just listening to Jesus. The Spirit did all the quickening to her heart to the point where she moved away from something she thought she couldn't live without to being completely satisfied with what she had received through the Spirit. There's much more to this, uh, but as I said, I'm out of time today. So. Share this and this, uh, this forum, this uh, Healing Journeys today with all your friends, people that you know that are in need of, of healing. It's, uh, it's going to be a blessing to them. And it's in the same way that Jesus sat at a well and, uh, by, and it wasn't by chance. His father directed him to rest there while his disciples, he sent them on. And he found out why he was sent there. So if you comes to your heart to share this with somebody, it could be your way of touching someone who's coming to the well also. So I just want to encourage you in that. And um, I will be back. I encourage you, go to the, the look on this site, the, the web, uh, the Facebook page here, and look at all the different times. You'll be blessed by all those different speakers, everyone 
uh, has received in the same way I'm sharing with you today. They've moved through the truth of God's word. They will to move their heart away from their circumstance to embrace the deliverance, the word that God was sending to them to heal them. And every one of them embraced and received that healing. So God bless you. Thanks for watching. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.